So, um, did you hear about that uh, that that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He He's was a good a guy. You got anything to talk about today? Because I I've got nothing. You're, not, you're unprepared. I got nothing again. I just didn't know. Yeah. Did we already do the Bob's Your Uncle question in the previous episode? Yeah, let's just drop it. it. Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. Are we doing a podcast? Where's Sushi Mango? When I was your age, I was Samaya. Who are you, bastard? Ah, you like my salami, huh? Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs Podcast. The podcast not about meatballs. Why do we call it that? I hate it. It's just stupid. Alright, let's start. Don't be shit. What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Enjoy the podcast. A podcast. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Isn't it interesting? I was thinking about something the other day. The the paper, the newspaper. Mm. Remember how big it used to be to be in the newspaper? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Not as prominent now. It's not anymore. Well, that because no one reads it. Because I was thinking, my old man used to always buy the newspaper on a Sunday. Yeah, like, and it was just there, and you'd read it. Like, remember the the Globble? Your Glob? Well, the Globble. The the Globble still gets used by the old school because I haven't got the. the But there's not as many. No, not as many. Video killed the radio star. Well. (laughs) It makes no sense. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, do you read the newspaper? Uh, no. Well, that's why. No, I don't anymore. That's why it's not important anymore. Because mm. you no get, one reads everything it. you get and you want is is online, is just in in your hand now. But they, they do have the, the – you can go to the Herald Sun on your – It's all digital. That's not the same as a digital, digital kill, kill that. Well, why are you going to hold a piece of paper up like that when you can just scroll mm. on your phone? Anyway, this is stupid. You know, I hate this conversation. We've got a very special guest here. Roll the tape. Today we have a very special guest, regarded as one of Melbourne's most well-recognised public figures. A once-established underworld figure in the mean streets of Melbourne and a former boxer who these days spends his time as a mediator and supporting many charities. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who made us an offer we can't refuse, we welcome Mick Gatto. Hey! Hey! Thanks, guys. Mick, I just want to say before we start... If there's ever going to be an episode where we're going to behave ourselves, this is the one. <laughs> no, I did the works. intro. I did the intro, so I was kind of frightened when that when we played that back. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I've How got are you, mate? effect on people, but please just uh, be yourselves. Yeah. Uh, honestly, when when we first met you, which we met you a couple of weeks ago, it was like I know it was like I met my uncle. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it was like I just met my uncle. It was like, see, you, hey, guy, give me a hug, all right? You know. <laughs> But yeah, we, we did meet you at the fights a couple of weeks ago um, at the um, pavilion. We did, yeah. And um, it was lovely to meet you. And thank you for the invite because your fights. But pleasure. how long have you been involved in that for? I mean, you've been in the fight game for a while, yeah? Look, I've, uh, I've boxed since I was about 15 years of age. But right. the promotional side of things and uh, been involved in the uh, fights probably 10, 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. And has it changed a lot since you started or is it different or...? Um, yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, people at fighters are not as hungry as what they were years ago and when I was growing up. Right. Obviously, you know, it was depression years or not long after and things mm. were tough and and uh, money was tight and mm. people used to have to fight for, uh, for a living. You know? Fight for a buck, yeah. like literally fight for your life type yeah, of thing. That, right? that wasn't my era, but, but not long mm. before. It was like that. So there was a lot of up-and-coming really good fighters there, uh, which we don't have now because... Uh, you know, like I said, people are not as hungry as what they were mm. in them days, yeah. Mm. Mm. You fought in the 80s and, and 90s, I right? did, didn't I? In, yeah. In, those years, I what, in, the, was... in the 70s, I think. Uh, you know, 50, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah early, early 80s. And were the rules of the, the regulations a little bit less uh, stringent at the time? Would you get away with more dirty stuff? A couple of headbutts. A couple of headbutts in, no, in no, there, a bit of pushing, shoving. Really, and... no, it was always pretty well scrutinised and it was always pretty fair. Um, 
Yeah, you couldn't get away with a lot. No. Mm-hmm. In fact, I reckon it might have been a little bit, probably a little bit harder then. But the crowds were bigger then, weren't they? I mean, you get some pretty big crowds at the boxing back in the day. They were big, you know, people like Rocky Mattioli and that used to fight and used to train with him actually and uh, he'd fill Festival Hall up for argument's sake. Mm. And I remember once he fought, wow. he fought for the world title. I think it was Alicia Obed, he thought. The South Melbourne Football Ground, I think it was, and right. it was packed. Jeez. Yeah. So it was one of the thing. big stadiums anyway, and it was full. So. Do, you know, well, do you know your official records about how many fights you had? Do you, do you know how many fights you had, wins, losses, all that kind of stuff? Boxing yeah, boxing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, look, I, I had nine fights. I won five. I should have won them all. Uh, my last four fights, my trainer used to put up posters saying, Big Mick is back again. Um, they were all comebacks, so... I got introduced to the gambling scene and it sort of, uh, I veered away from boxing and I wasn't as keen as what I should have been and concentrating on other things. You know? well, that's a big, so you, that's so a big you went from the boxing to the gambling scene? Well, there's, yeah. a, there's a question yeah. I got for you. So you ran, you ran the biggest two-up gambling ring in Melbourne. Now this is from your book, yep, which I is did, a, yeah. a, a bestseller, yep. I believe. How did, so how did you get into that? Well, when I started boxing, uh, I went to a gymnasium in in uh, North Melbourne, and I remember walking into this gym, and there was a, an old GT, a three fifty one Ford GT, parked at the front, and had all machine gun holes in it. And I thought, gee, what am I getting into here? <laughs> anyway, I walked into the gym and um, started training there, and it turned out one of the boxers, a mate of mine, now was his guy, was a bouncer. But anyway, uh, I used to see all these people walking upstairs and. Being young and inquisitive, I used to often ask myself, all these people going, what's going on? No one would be too forthcoming, you know? Mm. You know one day someone told me, they said, oh, there's a two-up game up there. I said, what's two-up? I said, it's a gambling. I said, oh, so I love gambling. I've been around all my life. I used to play the pinball machines when I was a kid. Oh, I was addicted right. to them. So anyway, one thing led to another and uh, having a look, my trainer was really upset because he was running it. Kevin Mortison, and uh, he said to me, oh, you shouldn't be up here, Mick. And I said, this one, never look. Anyway, I ended up <laughs> getting a job there and ended up a partner in it, and the rest is history. The rest is history. 20 years. Yeah. 20 years? Yeah. Jeez. 20 and years. It, it was big time then, I mean. There was no gambling around Victoria. Of course, so, you had so to, what, you had what, to go yeah. to the bus to go to yeah. Swan Hill That's with Boca Machina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, with the big what, handles. What year was that? Yeah, that was in Albury, um, yeah. in, the, in the 80s. In the 80s. Far out. And um, if you remember, there used to be one race meet in a week. Yeah. That's not like now, you can get on 24 hours a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there wasn't a lot happening, no Tatslotto, no soccer pools, you know. So people didn't have a lot to gamble with, so the two-up used to be thriving all the time. Jeez. Mm. Just hold your horses for a little bit, all right? We've got to collect some cash. Here's some ads. We'll be right back. Now back to the show. I actually didn't know what two-up was, and I just looked it up. It's like on a plank of wood, right? And you yep. throw it up. Two, two pennies. Two pennies? And it's then, what is it? Heads. Heads and tails. Heads and tails. If it's one of each, they keep it's spinning. A, it's like pretty simple game. It's been around for a long time. I think I could, it has. Yeah. I think yeah. it started off in, in, the, in the Anzac. In the Anzac. Anzac yeah. day. I've never think. played it, though. Have you ever played it? Have you played it? Uh, I think I've played it at the casino. Is it, is well, it, they still play it, it now. It's it not used there. To, it used to be casino. It used to be. Casino didn't run it right. No, not right. They obviously run it so they could get the maximum out of it. Correct. The, the correct way to run it, like I said, was heads and tails. And it used to be exciting. We used to get police, politicians. We used to get all sorts of oh, people. Oh, right. Everyone <laughs> used to come through. I used to love it. 
Far out. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm. And uh, hey, let's start it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sushi mango tour. <laughs> well, we, we would, but unfortunately, because the casino come in, they they, oh, they, they multiplied they. the fines by about a hundred. So. Oh, well, oh, geez. Who needs the uh, casino? Right. Anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and is that why that the, they banned you? That they banned you from gambling venues? How did that come into play? No, well, I'm not actually banned from gambling. Oh, you're not. I'm, I'm banned from banned from the casino. And, oh right, uh, okay. And it's a bit unfair because uh, what happened? I got charged with murder in two thousand and three, uh, two thousand and four, I think it was. And uh, I was in there one week, and uh, it was Hannibal Lecter stuff. I was locked up twenty three hours a day. And anyway, oh, so you they, they, they had you locked up twenty three hours a day. Twenty three no, hours a day. No, was that that um, solitary was confinement stuff? Port Phillip. Po- uh, Port Phillip, really? And then Barwon. Uh, so the only human contact I had was with. The screws or the guards. My family came in and see me be through glass. I couldn't touch it. Oh no, my! So, oh, wow. so this went on for fourteen months. It was a bit tough, but anyway. Hang on, no wait, mate. You were do you were like that for fourteen months? Fourteen months, yeah. Is that solitary yeah. confinement? It is. Yeah, it is. Wow. And I was unconvicted. So anyway, yeah. I'm in there, and and if I had to come out of the myself for some reason, I wanted to see a doctor or a dentist or something. I used to try and get out as much as I could, mm. but that was it that often, just to get out, you know? Yeah. They would shackle me, put a waistband on me, shackles on my feet. Oh, wow. Six guards would march me through, and the whole jail would be closed down. That is crazy. And that's how I think the underworld war in the end was uh, won by the police, that they just crushed everyone and everyone rolled over and they ended up, you know, yeah. wiping them out. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in there a week. And the chief commissioner sent these police in to see me and I go and said, what do you want? They give me a letter. <clears throat> anyway, the letter said that I'm barred from every casino, <clears throat> excuse me, and every racetrack in Australia for 10 years. So this gave me a lot of hope because I was thinking to myself, if I go down, I'm going to do 25. It was the first of the underworld uh, mm. trials. It was the biggest one there was at the time. Mm. I would have got 25 years on the bottom. So I built my hope up. I thought, 10 years, they must think I'm going to win. So I'm going to get out, I, yeah. I, was, I started to get a bit confident then. <laughs> now, long story short, I got acquitted. I come home and they converted to life. Fuck. Yeah, they, so they where, where it should have been null and void because I was acquitted, uh, they converted to life, you know. Uh, yes. And yes. just on that note, just funny, I just got to tell you a funny story. I went to a function one night not long after and I bumped into the Chief Commissioner at the time, Christine Nixon. Oh, yeah? And um, I said to her, uh, so I've been trying to find out where you live. And she said, what for? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted to send you a diamond ring. And she goes, why would you do that? I said, she'd done me the biggest favour of my life. She goes, how do you work that out? I said, well, you barred me from every casino and every racetrack in Australia. I've saved the fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a better position. She calls her husband over, hey, John, come here, listen to this. <laughs> They're all laughing and carry on, but I was serious. Did you yeah, get, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you get the address? <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's done uh, me a favour. No yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. When you look at it like that. I well, guess, glass know. half full, but I just can't believe how, <laughs> how how they treat you like that without even being convicted or, or you know, you still weren't 24, 23 hours like that. That's just, that's yeah, just well, mad. <laughs> unfortunately, in this country, uh, the police and the politicians, some, the politicians, they can do whatever they like. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think they're all the same. I think they're all no good. Mm. Uh, they promise the world and give you nothing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll yeah. What, does it do, what does it do to your, your like, a mental psyche? 
23 hours a day for 14 months in 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 that situation. Yeah. How do you get, how do you Look, get yourself through that? How do you? Yeah. It was pretty tough. I've got to be honest. I uh, I knew my brief chapter and verse. Obviously, I've read it that many times. It was a few folders, um, but I trained every day in there. You know, I used to shadow box for hours because the cell was only like eight by four, and there was a shower in there and a bed. So. Mm-hmm. You know, a tiny little bit of a room in between. I used to just shadow box in my undies and I'd sweat like anything. And, and the guards would walk by and they'd be calling me Hurricane Carter. Hurricane, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. It's like the sound of the movie, but, yeah. But uh, I, I lost 30 kilos in Jeez. that period I was there. Maybe I should go in. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was thinking I should get yes. going again. <laughs> I've got about 40 since I've come home. Oh, God. So anyway, that's how I pass most of the time. Yeah. It's exercising. Yeah, and I used to have a little TV um, and a radio that I bought. And like I said, I'd come out of my cell an hour a day and in that hour you'd have to do your cleaning, phone calls. There'd be a little a little walk thing in the in the backyard. There's like it was about 20 by 20. You'd walk around this little circle and there was a punching bag there which I punched a hole through, you know, out of anger, I guess. Mm. Um, and that was it. So, but, but why did they put you in like that? Like, why did they, they didn't want you to associate with other people? Like an example, or well, an example, they, or they? I actually told them. I said, "Look, I'm happy to go out in the mainstream, and you can even shackle me in mainstream. So I'm not worried about anybody." They said, "Oh, we're worried about our guards. If something happens, they're going to be, you know." Uh, okay. Mm. Fair enough. So it wasn't for your protection, it was for the protection wasn't of the guards. It wasn't for my protection. I mean, we're talking about all that. I mean, they, they, did, they did a whole series, the, the show, you know, the Underbelly, Underbelly. series. What, what did you think of that? Like, how was that portrayed? Is it, yeah, is it, uh, is it uh, was an, accurate? Yeah, an accurate portrayal of... Look, I've got to be honest, uh, it's not very accurate. Mm. Um, and Simon Westerway, who played my part, uh, it's quite funny actually because I met him in a restaurant in Carlton and I didn't know till later but a couple of friends of mine said whatever you were doing he was doing he was holding the glass like you with your little fingers sticking out and scratching your nose the way you do and whatever he, he just imitating he imitated, yeah. so anyway I found out that day that he was an ex-policeman 20 years ago he was a policeman so I took offence at this and I said he can't play my part so I got on the phone to him and uh, I said Simon you're an ex-cop he says, yeah, 20 years ago, Mick. I said, you can't play my part, mate. You make me look bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, said, he said, I'm a good actor, Mick. And he said, you know, I was only a cop for a short period of time. And then I thought about it overnight and I thought, what right have I got to stop him from, mm. you know, so I didn't worry about it, just let it go. Mm. And end up developing a friendship with him and he's not a bad bloke. Oh, right, there you yeah. go. So yeah, do you reckon, he, you reckon he nailed the, the, the role as you? Can you could you look, see yourself in, in, uh, in him? He was good, but a lot of people close to me and a lot of people that, that watch it, they said he, he wasn't you know, nowhere near as accurate mm. as he should have been. But mm. oh, I thought he didn't play a bad part. Someone mm. else played it in season two. There was another guy who no, played it. No, it was always, it was always, always him. him. Yeah. 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 someone else. No. I'm sorry, that's my but mistake. I'll, I'll let you in a little, a little uh, uh, thing that uh, Steve Bastoni is, is very keen on doing a, a nine-part series on my life. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're actually doing stuff on it now. That's crazy. And he wants to play my part and he's very, very super keen about this. He said, mate, I've been waiting all my life for this. Uh, and oh. he's even going to go to the, the trouble of getting his head tattooed so it makes him look like he's got hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, that would be something I'd tune into straight away. 
yeah, and I did hear that. I read things. something in the paper, and they made a they made a, a um, comparison to they compared you to to uh, Tony Soprano. Okay. Did you read the the article? Um, I can't remember that one. Though. It was it was just recently, right? Yeah. It was about um it was about this. Um, that'd be unreal. Well, they were saying that they're going to be dead. I'm still alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were saying about yeah night part series, but I guess if you had a lot of a hand in it, or you know getting it from your mouth, it'll obviously be a lot closer to the truth. And yeah, well, it's going to be. Um, uh, from the time I come out of jail until now. All right. And I think he's going to do an eight-part series because I think Eddie Maguire was a little bit involved with his production company mm. was talking about it. And he suggested nine-part series because ghetto means cat, nine lives. Nine yeah, lives. yeah, yeah. But Steve said, no, we're going to do eight lives. We're going to leave the nine lives so you're still alive. Oh, and right. Said, okay, beautiful. So yeah, right. Not a bad. So little... that's how we arrived at that. Yeah. Right? You can't have you, you can't even have lunch with Ed anymore, or, or sit down at the same table with him well, without I, being I, in the paper. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me, but obviously, you know, he's in the public eye. Yeah, and uh, it's it's sad actually. It is. When can we expect to see this uh, the eight part series airing? Or well, it's going to be a little while. They got the funding in place. They've got the writers. They've got everything. They've been interviewing me on camera. Uh, I'm actually doing it again tomorrow with them. Um, so can't be too far away, cool. I guess. Mm. Yeah, eagerly, eagerly anticipated. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope you know. Like I said, once, once they get all the, uh, all the uh, stuff written up and all that, I'll look at it and if I'm happy with it and my family are happy with it, we'll move forward. Mm. And if not. There's going to be checks and balances. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. I can feel it on this side. Okay. Maybe a little cameo appearance by Sushi Mango. Yeah, oh, yeah why not? Right. No, we like could do the something. In the bar, just sitting there. Clinton. Play, yeah. Playing the two up or yeah. something. Oh, that's late. That was too you early. You guys, it's how you freak me out. Yeah. And when I say you freak me out, I didn't know you before I come to your show, I'll be honest. And excuse my ignorance because sure. I know how popular these are now, but I didn't know then and... I got invited to the show uh, and I couldn't believe how many people were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right below the room, it's like 20,000 yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I looked around the room and I thought, oh, my God. Did you enjoy the show? I did. Good. Yeah, you were very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very no, much. Well, was was You're all our cousins anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed a lot of people I knew there. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> I'd imagine it would have res- resonated pretty Closely with you, you've got a breast of parents. Yeah, yes, I'm pretty sure you, you, you all was uh, you did the tomatoes and the wine and I the did. salamis and all that growing up. So, so where did you grow up though, Mick? Where, In what? South Melbourne. Oh, okay. So the mum and dad Born came. And bred there. My Born father came over here when he was 15. Yeah. 1926. Yeah. One of the first ones there. 1926. 1926. Oh wow. And he used to put up with a lot of grief. The Aussies used to pick on him a bit. And Jeez, it would have. Bad mouth for a bit. I think he stabbed a couple. And yeah. <laughs> but that was a common thing well, back then. That was the only way to protect yeah, themselves was... Uh, the the, well. the colour reza known for Archetta. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're born you know? with a knife under our pillow, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, most of my parents say that to my dad. How was your day? Vince? Oh, right, I stabbed a few people. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got it to work. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah, they, especially then in the 20s. They did it like, hard, man. But they got, it, they got it in the 50s, let alone the 20s. Like, the, the 20, like, yeah. that would have been... Like I said, there wasn't many of them, and they all stuck fat. Yeah. Mm. There might have been, like, half a dozen of them or eight of them in North Melbourne, and they are like brothers. Do, yeah. you know, do you know what he what his, what his job was in 1920s? Do you he, know what, he, what they were doing? He was a jackaroo. He just travelled around 
uh, you know, it's shearing sheep and doing this and doing that. And he ended up in um, in the Bornegilla or whatever they call them uh, camps. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Years. Yep. Oh, right. right. He was the first one in, the last one out. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, and then he ended up in the fruit and vegetable market all his life. Because so. a lot of the early ones were in the cane Cane farms, you know. Oh, well, up cane, to, he done a bit know, of that too. He to did up in Queensland. In Cairns, yeah. yeah. Up, up, yeah. North. up north. Yeah. Up north. He so. did. He travelled around Australia. Well, we went up to Cairns. We did, a, we did a show in Cairns. And I honest, when we put the show on sale, I was like, what are we doing? Cairns, Townsville. And there were so many Italians, mm. so many yeah, Greeks. So they many. came out in droves. They okay. came out in, in droves. It was, That's you know. Great. And it was because of the people that when they came, they came. Because even when we're thinking, we, we, were, we drove to Griffith. Mm. And we were thinking, imagine coming from Italy and they bring you out to the middle of the of nothing. And just say, do some uh, yeah, pick something some here. Yeah. Pick, yeah. pick some hay? Grow some tomatoes. Grow some tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, so pick, start picking or do whatever and you, know, you don't know where you are and then they come pick you up like three or four months later. Yeah, man. That's it. I, a friend of mine, his father worked in the cane farms for his – God bless him, he's passed now. But uh, he told me some stories that they'd just dropped them off with a bus, little hut there, given their water and supplies and say, see ya, we'll see you in three weeks. Whether you died, didn't matter what happened out there, they weren't coming back, you know, you had three yeah. weeks to survive. And uh, Men were men then, they grew up quick and uh, they matured very quick. And, you know, like I said, my father came here when he was 15 years of age on his own. He knew no one from uh, this country yeah. on his own. So, you know, they're pretty well mature these yeah. days, you know what I mean? Kids don't mature till they're thirty. Yeah, oh, well, easy. I, I, I just, I'm still not mature. Well, <laughs> I'm still stuck. <laughs> I'm still stuck. Hey guys, hold on to your meatballs. We'll be right back. Now back to the podcast. Hey, there's a there's one thing I've been dying to ask you when I since I found out about it in the book. You now, please. I'm scared to ask you this. <laughs> but you're gonna ask anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna take it. I'm a risk taker. All right, so. You robbed a truck dressed as a woman. Remember, he's asking. Uh, am I allowed to ask that? <laughs> yeah, no, you the can. reason why I ask you that is because we also dress up as women. <laughs> we don't rob trucks. That's yeah, any difference. We don't rob trucks, like, but we. If there's a secret, let us know because maybe we could. Uh, there's a couple of trucks coming in tomorrow night. Yeah, maybe we should take that up. <laughs> uh, look, it's funny you ask that question. I was only a young kid, I think it might have been about 15 or 16 years of age, maybe 17. And uh, I worked in the South Melbourne market and I worked for these for this Chinese bloke and he was a lovely bloke. And anyway, next door to us was another Chinese bloke that came over. They came over together, they were great friends. But I used to get under the stall and pinch his fruit and sell it to him and pinch his and sell it back. And I was, <laughs> I was playing ping pong with him. But, but my, my bloke told me, he said, he said, you know, every morning he goes to the market, he's got a lot of money in the truck. I said, really? And like I said, I was addicted to the machines and I'm thinking, how can I get this money? Everyone in the market knows me. So I come up with this brain oh, scream, wow. brain storm idea to get dressed up as a woman. And so that was what happened. And I went in there and smashed his window and took the bag and <laughs> off I went with my high heel shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> did, you get, did you get... I got uh, away with it. You got away with it. Did anyone no, notice, no notice it was? No, no <laughs> I, mate, I looked in the mirror and didn't recognise myself. <laughs> so anyway, the next time in the market, and he's telling me, he's going, you wouldn't believe it. He said, some slut. <laughs> he says, broke my window, took my money. I says, you're joking. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Where'd you, where'd you get the clothes? 
Oh, there was a couple of uh, girls I used to run around with and they sort of... Oh, yeah, they, they, they donated. donated. Sure, sure. Fair enough. Now, yeah. we're, we're obviously comedy. We love comedy. We're all massive comedy fans. And um, you brought out an, a person that I absolutely loved my whole life. Or I don't know if you brought him out, but you did something great work with Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah. he, he was great. I love Jerry. So can you tell us a story about that? Like the, how, how that came about? Um, I, I used to go up to Sydney a fair bit. Uh, not that I like Sydney, I think the best thing about it is the departure lounge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a couple of uh, people up there uh, were, were his global manager. And anyway, um, one of them came and see him and said, look, Jerry would like to meet you. I said, okay. I said, I'd love to meet him. You know, I grew up watching him as a kid. If mm. someone said I was going to rub shoulders with him one day, mm. I'd tell him they're on drugs. But anyway, so had a meeting with him and, and he was a beautiful man. He said, look, Mick. He said, I need help with my children. Uh, and it was muscular dystrophy. Yeah, yeah muscular yeah, dystrophy, yeah, yeah. So he called them all his, his children. His children, yeah. And um, I said, what can I do for you, Jerry? He said, well, we're looking for builders, unions, different things to support it. And, you know, eventually we'll do a telephone here in Australia like we do in, in America. America, yeah. So he used to do a telephone over there every year and raise $60 million overnight mm. for the charity. So anyway, I said, mate, I'll be happy to help you. I said, it's a pleasure to meet. And anyway, we really clicked. And uh, so the next one, I put a couple of events on for him. I think I raised about one and a half million for him. For, Jeez. Uh, that. And then we had a private dinner one night at uh, Florentino's. Mm -hmm. 30 people, I think they paid five grand a head. Oh, wow. So come and sit down and break a bit of bread with him. Mm. Yeah. You reckon they pay five grand for us or uh, you get that? I reckon you get five grand for the month. Five <laughs> <laughs> You're selling yourself short, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's insane. He came yeah, to your yeah, house. He yeah, came yeah, to your yeah. house for lunch as well, right? There's, there's, uh, there's there's some photos there. there. Met my mother. Ah, oh, there he is. How? how oh, was, he, what was he like in person? Well, was he? Come, was he a funny, jovial guy? Was he serious? Did he come he for like lunch? Him? Did he to your place? Yeah, he did. He, and uh, he walked into my house and he said, uh, "He said, can I get a cold beer?" And it was the middle of winter. <laughs> There's no cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean? Anyway, um, he met my mother and, look, yeah, he got along really well with all the family and we had a plate of pasta and took photos, obviously. Yeah, obviously he'd tell you a bit of stories and, about uh, the old days he, and stuff. He, he well, did, man. you know. He, he went into sort of how he made all his money was uh, inventing the, the playback on the playback camera. Playback on the camera, yeah. 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 So yeah. they used to obviously shoot and they couldn't see what they've shot, so... Yeah. Somehow he invented this playback and he was getting like 100 grand US a week. Well, just from uh, that? Just from that. So oh, that I didn't I knew he invented yeah. it, but he didn't know he was yeah, making oh, money fortunes from. out of it. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, well, well. He hated the media. Hated him with a passion. Every he was day. a very misunderstood guy, uh, yeah. I think, from what I read. He's you pretty know? smart. Very smart. Oh, very smart, very smart. man. Mm. He hated the media. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, like, we had a couple of dinners and, uh, you know, I'd organise some media company, whatever, and they'd run up try and interview him and say, "Get away, leave me alone, get away." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw yeah. a couple of. So that's why up with it all his life, you know. That's why he he's got a bad rap towards the because as I think as he got a little bit older, he was less tolerant he to was, it. He was a bit narky, and yeah. he was a bit narky, and I think but, it, you know, he was good with us. Yeah, yeah. I, I I spoke to his I think one of his manager or his handler who was on the run with him when you when you did your okay. shows uh, with him, and he was saying to me that that day that. He's come to the point now where sometimes he feels like a monkey, you know, dance, dance, yeah. move, move, up, 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 and he just, you know, and that's. And you can understand that he's absolutely. been doing it all his life. All yeah. his life. You guys are going to put up with that soon, so. 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, well, didn't he say we that? We get people asking quote? us if about like salamis and cucumbers and stuff like that <laughs> often, which is like, but you know, you 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 make your bed, you you sleep in it. Is that the term? Yeah, yeah you, you make, make your bed, you, bed, you line it. That's right. So, but you line it. Um, but that that's 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 good. But um, now Jerry's a big inspiration to us. So I wanted to ask. I'm going to tell you is uh, when I presented him with the check at the rocks in Sydney, well, one of whatever the check was, one point three, whatever it was, I can't remember. And there was about 30 media there and cameras and God knows what. And I'm sitting in my arm around him and I, I loved him and he loved me. And uh, with this big plaque of a cheque, you know. And anyway, this media bloke ran out of the crowd up to Jerry and he said, do you know what sort of man he is? He said, do you know what sort of man Robert Kennedy is? He said, makes him look pretty good. Put <laughs> 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 right. his arm around me and kissed me on the neck, you know. Oh, that's oh, right. pretty good. That's tops. Unbelievable. So you've, Mick, you've raised millions and millions of dollars for charities over the last 10, 20 years. The motivation for, I mean, do you have a special causes, one particularly close to your heart besides the muscular dystrophy and some others? I mean. Yeah, look, I've I've supported the children's hospital for probably 40 years. Um, I give them personally five grand every year. I even give it them when I was locked up in jail. I managed to give it to them that year. Um, and I've done functions over the years and supported them all the time. Um, but look, I, I'll let you in on something. I'm, we've just put a foundation together, me and my wife, and a few professionals on the board of it, and specifically for autism. I've got an autistic grandson. He's 14 years of age, and uh, he's non-verbal. He talks a little bit, but, but uh, what our motive is is to try and make a change when they become teenagers, adults. Mm. There's not much there for them. There's bits and pieces. There's not a lot there. They finish school, they go home, they look after themselves, basically. So we're looking to leave some sort of legacy in that area and uh, and make a difference in that area. Mm. So my That's wife, great. like this, awesome. she's put mm-hmm. a few professionals on the board of this, uh, this uh, thing that we've put together and uh, I'll be doing fundraisers every year and uh, charitable things and whatever I raise, even the movie that's going to come out. Whatever percentage I'm getting out of that's going there. Mm. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we'll get <coughs> government support, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, support along the way, and hopefully we'll make a difference. Yeah, very, so well, well, that's something you don't get yeah. um, accolades for, and that's something that, like, when we know about you, and you don't get enough accolades for, is, is the charitable side that, yeah. of you, which is something that we, we like a lot, you know. Um, I appreciate that. No, I've never ever done it to get accolades. Uh, yeah. I'll mm. be honest. I, um, different things have happened along the way, and we decided to raise money for it, like the bushfire appeal in two thousand eight. For argument's sake, I felt bad for all them people that mm. killed, yeah. and lost their properties Absolutely. and whatever. And, some and someone stuff. said, you know, put a, put an event together. Mm. I said, okay, let's do it. And well, that's how it happened. So that's it, how it happened. If you need all, any, all any help with the autism stuff let us know because we want all oh, the accolades where's my camera oh, no but seriously well, if you because i got a, we got a cousin that's got a kid who's got autism yeah, as well look, and yeah you know, most people you know have been touched by it somewhere absolutely uh someone on the spectrum or whatever and look i'm going to put a range of wines out with uh, my photo of my grandson supporting autism just yeah. a red and white wine and t-shirts yeah i'm going to do the same thing yeah. and, and hopefully, you know, like I said, yeah. hopefully we can get raise something. a shitload of money and we we um, and you can get pissed whilst helping. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Thanks. Smart man>. <laughs> <laughs> While wearing a t-shirt. While wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
Because um, back in the day, I mean, you think about it, when we were growing up, if someone had autism, <laughs> our, our parents or the parents were like, hey, bub, you know, this kid's bub wasted. No, there was no, it's even like now no, with lactose no, and, and, and gluten, you know, the kids, the, when we were in school, we weren't fat. We were just fucking intolerant. We were bloated. No, we were bloated. <laughs> <laughs> we were walking around with allergies all day. You know. So it's amazing how, how far it's gone these days. Awareness. So help. Aw- right. It's yeah. about awareness. Yeah, it's you know? sad when you, when you reflect back to what you said. It's sad because these kids were probably ridiculed and Absolutely. picked on. Absolutely. And, and, and I thought, you know, you know they're, they're not, quite, not quite right. Absolutely. They probably weren't, but... But uh, they're still humans, and and they're 100%. beautiful. You know, my grandson's a beautiful kid. Yeah, man. He he wouldn't harm anyone. A little yeah. baby go pull his eyes out, and he wouldn't do anything about it. He's well, that's just, just so yeah. pure. Sort of seen. And most of them are. They're very pure. Yeah, absolutely. That's that, that's why they're very innocent. Yeah. You know, and and um, they get trampled on. But but now I think like Carlos said before about the awareness. Yeah, there is well, a lot of awareness and. Uh, it's, a, it's all over the place But as now. you said, Mick, so it be. awareness is important, but what you're doing is trying to create something more for them so that they can – this is what, from what I'm understanding. It's so when after the schooling's yeah, so done, the they have more activities and other, exactly other avenues right. to They've explore. things to do. I mean, yeah. my, my grandson's 14. He's a big lump of a kid. And, and I'll just give you an instance. He's gone down to the playground with my wife and he, he's riding around in his skateboard and four or five kids there started picking on him. And, uh, you know, my wife went over to him and she said, do you know he's got autism? And, and I said, what's that? And she explained it all. I said, oh, look, we're really sorry. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that happens all the time. Yeah. I thought your wife's going to say, do you know who this kid is? I personally would have led with that. Unfortunately, my wife, she's never been that way. No, no, yeah. she, she, she'd never used my name to any no. advantage at all, ever. Uh, she's pretty straightforward. That's, no, that's crazy. Funny. That's funny. But um, but you're right, you know, it's it's... Once people understand, but I think you know people shouldn't be doing that stuff anyway. No, well, yeah, that shouldn't be. But people are cruel, especially when no, kids, kids are young. They're kids, cruel. Yeah. Kids are, are the cruelest creatures on the planet. Oh yeah. Even you know, their, their lack of uh, knowledge—it's where it comes from. They don't know, so yeah. they just pick on anything they don't understand. But, so as you get older, that's when it gets more unacceptable. Because you think, well, 100%. you should have more intelligence and, and more empathy towards what you don't understand. Yeah, you obviously, there's something wrong. You can't put old heads on young shoulders, obviously. Mm-hmm. We've all been mm-hmm. through it and all probably guilty of it in some way or another. How many so. times do you say the phrase, oh, if only I knew then yeah. what I knew now. Yeah, yeah, exactly this makes right. me feel fucking old. It's mostly, yeah. I, I, no, I mostly say that about... Uh, <laughs> I mostly say that about women and my age. You know, when you say, if I knew, you, if I was like, if I knew what I knew now. Yeah, no, yeah. shut up, you're married. I fucked that all up. We're all married, we can't say anything. We can't, <laughs> we can't condone that. Um, you're still uh, running around and look with the uh, Carlton Footy Club. Uh, you still oh, love I'm those boys? A, I'm not a Carlton supporter. You're not a Carlton supporter, not, see? Oh, let's see, give, it, give me the... Give you're not a Carlton supporter. No, because I, they, I was you, b- born in South Melbourne, so I was oh, always South Melbourne. Are you Sydney? Till they moved to Sydney, I've no, no, been Collingwood ever you since. You just insulted me. No, Gatto, because I tell understand? you what, again, going back to the show, you guys were meant that. to be yeah. sitting. They were sitting at Princess Park watching the boys. Oh, been, that is true. There was I've, a scene there. I've never been there. Never been <laughs> Inaccurate representation wow. right there. Give it the give, give it the it ball. Well, I told you about the movie, mate. Yeah. So I didn't finish telling you. So Simon Westerway said to me, he said, you're going to be watching this movie and you're going to say, well, that's not right and that's not right and that's not right, but gee, it's a good movie. 
Right. And he's right what he said because yeah. that's what happened. So a lot of it, a lot of the stuff wasn't well, not wasn't, right. Wasn't true. A lot and of it wasn't they, true. When they were making that movie, if you remember, um, they got up to about episode four or whatever and, and I think Tony Mockbell was in court or whatever and had to put a, a stop to it because it would have oh, prejudiced his oh, trial. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it stopped for about six, eight months, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And anyway, Simon came down one day and he was having lunch with us and I said, what episode? He said, we're up, we finished it, but only after episode three's been released, no one can get it. And anyway, I had a bag on the ground and I grabbed a handful of these tapes. I said, yeah. he said, what's that? I said, it's a finished product. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, what? He said, how'd you get that? I said, well, mate, they wouldn't give me any money for consultants. I had to get a quid summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they freaked out. <laughs> oh, my God. So there you go. See, I thought you were a Carlton supporter because of that, you know. No, no. So they, But they obviously twist the truth a little bit to make it look, you know. When That's why Eddie McGuire's my mate. Ah. Oh. 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 he wouldn't be talking about ah. it. Yeah, that's course. very true. So when it, when it was on, that when it was – uh, underbellies it was the first uh, first series, right? What was it like for you during that period, like in terms of socially, and it did did it raise the, the yeah? Look, was I, it I've tough. Got to, I've got to be honest with you. Um, before I was charged with murder in two thousand and four, uh, I was pretty well known in some circles. Mm. You know, like knockabouts and all. Everyone knew me in that area because of the two up and different thing. But as soon as I got charged, I had a seven week trial and. And uh, and I got acquitted, and then the movie came out. You know, I was propelled into everybody's home. Mm. You know, I'm like a everybody knew me, and mm. I couldn't go out the door without people driving me mad mm. for an autograph or a photo. And I'm, I'm sure you blokes put up with that all the time. So mm. you know, you know where I'm coming from. That still happens now. Mm. If I go to the fights, you were there that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You notice people. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, that sort of thing goes on all the time, especially in the state. If I go to something in Adelaide or Sydney or whatever. Driven inside, mm. and um, look, I, I don't knock anyone back. You know, mm. my, my lawyer said to me, "Don't knock anyone back." She never knows who's going to be on the jury one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my favourite saying. It's <laughs> a terrific outlook, actually. Look, I, in answering your question, um, I've become a household name, mm. and uh, you know, I couldn't do anything or go anywhere without being known. Absolutely, even overseas, so. absolutely. You know, it's the what well, they call it a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. You know, you go out like that, and you're doing so forth, and then they put you on this big, big platform, and fucking hell, where are you gonna, where are you gonna go from there? Yeah, well, I've been squeaky clean. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. So, and did you get, you got rid of the roles. I did, unfortunately. So, what you, you got an electric? Apparently, someone told me I got an electric Audi. I yeah. Love it. You oh, love it? Oh, I do love it. Yeah. I miss the roll, yeah. to be honest. But the Audis are just unbelievable. They fly. They fly. Um, the electric cars. Yeah, they do. They get 360 k's to the to the charge. Yeah. <coughs> the technology in them are unbelievable. You know, satellite cameras mm, and mm, God mm. knows what. And uh, there's cameras in the door. So there's two little prongs that stick out the side of the window. Mm. And you look in the door to see what's coming from behind. And you know, so there's a big camera in the door, like yeah. one of a video screen. That takes a little bit of getting used to. It is, yeah. But apart from that, they're great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
There's no engine, so there's plenty of boot space. Too. Yeah, yeah. There is, but front and back. Front yeah. and back. <laughs> yeah. Six bodies. I'm not yeah. I was, I'm glad you said it. I was, allu- I was alluding to that. I was alluding to that, he but pl- I'm glad you said it. He planted the seed <laughs> and you yeah. just watered it. That's yeah. just the fucking... I was waiting. I didn't want to take De Niro's line, but I was like, I let... <laughs> That's terrible. No, 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 no. It's brilliant. But speaking of De Niro, what's your favourite movie... Uh, what's your favourite gangster movie? Because we're big I fans. Got, of big I, I've got to be honest, uh, you can't go past Godfather 1. Oh. Godfather 1. Oh, I did yeah. like 2, two because they, they went back it wasn't, home. Wasn't bad. Yeah, but, was one good, but 1 with Brando. 1 was just incredible. Really. Masterpiece. I, yeah. I've seen it, gee, I don't know how many times I've seen it in my life, hundreds of times. Mm. If it was on TV tonight, I'd watch it again. Yeah. I loved it. And I could relate to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is it, see, the, the Godfather was like art... And then you had your Goodfellas, which was like a bit more gruff and yeah. street, you know mm. what I mean? It's a bit. But you're right, Godfather, it's pretty hard to go past Godfather. Hey, Mick, can I ask you something? Um, obviously, the Casa Nostra and the Godfather, was your previous life anything like that? Was it any sort of. Was it connected in that way or was it just anyone for themselves? Look, uh, I'm pretty well connected in, in Melbourne and Australia. No. Who's doing the zoo sort of thing, but when people talk about mafia and all that sort of nonsense, you know, always give them the standard answer back. You know, top end of Spring Street, top end of Burke Street. That's where the mafia is. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, right. Yeah. Politicians. I mm. mean, they make and change laws overnight. So, well, well you, 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 you make you, a good point. You, you, you're not wrong, uh, but I do pay my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Well, let me, give you, let me give you a perfect example. Have a look what they've done to Dustin Martin's father. Yes. Yeah. You know, they yes. deported him out of the country. Yeah. For Because of his association with bikies or whatever reason they've had. He's come back on to the highest court in the land, being the high court, got it overturned. That should have been the end of it. Yeah. 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 But the, ma- the mafia, I was going to say. The politicians went home that night and they said, let's make a new law just mm. for him. Mm. They yep. come back with a new law and deport him. Mm. What? I don't, I don't understand why they made a they meal of that. But how can they do that? Yes. I mean, no one's jumped up and down. No, t- today it's him, tomorrow it's you, well, tomorrow it's me. Well, I mean, there has, I mean how, happened how can Djokovic they get away with well. that? Yeah. Well, they've done it for two years with this pandemic, really. Well, they? isn't isn't that had the, the whole, in America, the whole, they created RICO, right? They created that. Yep. Specifically for they're going to bring yeah. it here too. They're talking about bringing it here. Bring it here, really? They're talking about it. Oh, we're fucked then. No, but um, yeah, you, that, they have the power to do things like that. And when you when you when you look at like some of the, the way that things run, it's like, geez, you know, even with a lot of these lockdowns and all this stuff that happened, the extension yeah. of the lockdown, we're gonna. It's like, hang on. Hang on, what are you doing? People going stir crazy. And the scary thing now is is that uh, they know they can do it. They can get away with it. A lot of that. Yeah, well. Um, Well, who's policing the police, so to speak? There's no one there to say. The police are policing the police. Well, exactly, you know. The police are policing the police. Sting. Sting. Who's policing the government? No one. We've got no chance. We've got to make the most of it as we can. We'll be right back because my wife needs a new handbag. See you after this. Now back to the show. Mick, mate, we know you've got to go. Thank you so much for coming in, mate. My absolute you, pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure sitting with you, mate, and uh, yeah. shooting the shit. 
And, like, uh, like my brother said, the, the, the night we met, yeah, it was like we met an uncle. And um, like I said, because we've seen a lot of stuff in the media and we're like, oh, I wonder what he's going to be like. But you're, the war- you're a warm, friendly guy with a massive heart. Absolutely. And you've always got a friend in us in Sushi Mango. I head out the door and I won't forget that. I'm like, call on you one day. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's been lovely having you on. Thank you so much and uh, all the best with everything. Thank Thanks you. for watching, everyone. We have Mick Gatto here in the studio. Make sure you – well, is it a five-star review? Yeah, let's th- hey, actually, if, if you, you don't want. give a five-star review, we'll, we know some people that we might tell uh, you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so five-star review. If it's a four-star, don't bother with it. But we love you guys. Tune in next week. Cha-cha. Ciao. Hey guys, Daniel here, aka Shit Jamie, to read out some credits. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs podcast. If you like the show, make sure you're following it by tapping follow on the podcast profile page and giving it a rating. This podcast is produced by Head On Media and is a Spotify exclusive. Our next episode will be out in a week. Don't forget you can listen and watch the full episodes exclusively on Spotify. Spotify.